This is the Point of Drew Podcast. What is up, Point of Drew listeners? We're back. We just saw a wild finish to that Sunday night football game. Cardinals won it in overtime. We had uh, some World Series action, and uh, most excited about this podcast, most of all, our first ever guest joining the Point of Drew podcast. Yeah, a lot going on in this episode. Um, we'll be breaking down NFL, a little World Series recap. We're, we're all the way to Game 6 in, 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 uh, in that matchup between the Rays and the Dodgers, and of course, have our boy, our boy Zeller um, in for a little bit of a, an interview. Um, so lots of good stuff coming your way, but... We'll start things off as always. Jersey Corner, this is episode seven, so we got jersey number seven. Zon, you want to start us off? Yeah, we uh, we can go right into it. So, uh, number seven, a lot of good uh, good names for seven. I thought there were some, uh, like a lot of notable names that I wanted to throw shout-outs to that weren't quite worthy of, uh, you know, really being in contention to win it. I got um, you. So I wanted to, uh, you know, shout-out to Pistol Pete. Um, Pete Maravich only wore number seven for four seasons, so I'm not fully counting him in it, um, but was an all-star during all of those seasons, uh, back with the New Orleans Jazz uh, before the team moved to Utah. So shout-out to Pistol Pete. Uh, have to give shout-outs to Mike Vick, um, the man Kyle Lowry. Yes, sir. Uh, shout-out to David Beckham. And uh, one of my favorites ever, uh, Carmelo Anthony, while he was in New York with the Knicks, Knicks Mello. Uh, Awesome number seven there. You have any any shout outs before we get into the winners? Yeah, man. I, I got some honorable mentions. Um, you, you got to shout out Pete Pistol Pete Maravich as well. He was on there for me. Absolute LSU legend. Um, unfortunately, his career was cut short due to injury, but um, could have really been a historically great player. Talking one of the up there is one of the goats. With he he would have been in that era with Bird and Magic in the eighties, um, and, and could have been quite. Quite honestly, the the third guy um, in that era, I think he, his game was silky smooth, absolute microwave score. Um, I also had some elite lettuce uh, from back in the day. So, a, a, sh- a quick shout on Pete Maravich, uh, all time NCAA scoring leader, averaged forty four points a game while at LSU. So, wow. um, this guy could really shoot it. Uh, and speaking of LSU, uh, the number seven uh, has a little bit of a tradition, a history with that football program. Um, number seven is always kind of given to the best player on the team. Could be offense, could be defense. And so uh, a, a few guys to shout out on that LSU football team. Pat Peterson, um, P2, he wore seven, was one of the first guys. You had Tyran Matthew, Honey Badger wearing seven. Leonard Fournette, um, DJ Chark. Grant Delpit, who actually was just recently drafted, and then the guy who's uh, he actually opted out but would have won it this year was Jamar Chase. And so um, when you think of elite LSU football, football players, you definitely think of seven. Um, so shout out to all those guys. And the only other honorable mention I, I, I got to throw out there is our, our boy Matt Saracen, uh, <laughs> another Friday Night Lights legend. Um, and, and old Matty, you know, he's not necessarily getting a shout because of his ability or, or really talent as a QB, but more so because he took down the – Julie Taylor in her prime. I mean, man, you the guy, Matt. Um, way to get it in. Saracen, number seven, baby. <laughs> Great shout-outs there. <laughs> Definitely another uh, Friday Night Lights plug on the Point of Drew podcast. Had to get it out there. Um, but now I've got my two runner-ups for you, and then I'll give you my winner okay. for the number seven jersey corner. So 
my two runner-ups. This is a, you know, this guy has not actually ever played a game while wearing number seven, but he's going to be wearing number seven for the Brooklyn Nets this year. That's right, Kevin Durant. Okay. Repping seven in Brooklyn. Um, I'm calling it out. Katie and Kyrie, they're going to take the league by storm this year. I think going to surprise some people. Uh, they may be, you know, one trade away still. We'll see what happens this offseason, but I think they're going to compete, and I'm ready for KD to bounce back this year from his Achilles injury and excited to watch what he's doing in that number seven jersey in Brooklyn. So shout-out to KD. Um, and then I'm going to give a, uh, another shout-out to Mickey Mantle, coming in second on my uh, jersey corner ranking. Mickey Mantle, three-time MVP, seven-time world champ, absolute legend in New York. And Mickey Mantle was a 20-time All-Star which is uh, pretty insane. But my winner for the number seven episode, best to ever wear number seven, CR7, okay. Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, you know, doesn't really need, need much explanation there. Might be the greatest soccer player ever. Um, so got, got to give a shout out to Ronaldo there and uh, give him this one. Uh, you know, also the first ever soccer player to become a billionaire. Uh, the dude knows how to market himself, so... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the best to ever wear number seven. Yes, sir. Who do you got? I like that one a lot. I like I like the Mickey Mantle shout. Um, I don't I don't I don't love the KD shout, but you know we'll we'll live with it. I guess <laughs> uh, he might he might be joining the Lakers here pretty soon after they just won the championship. You know, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of his thing. Um, but yeah, my my winner, dude. You actually stole my winner. Oh, I also had CR seven. Uh, like you were saying, one of the greatest players, uh, soccer players of all time. Maybe quite possibly the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, All-time leading scorer in Champions League history. Uh, more goals than anyone else there. Five-time uh, Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, so he, he's been there. He's done that numerous accolades for the guy. Um, he's won at every level. Um, and has had what like a 15 year career now where he's been you know pretty much near the top for um yeah. most of that time so cr7 it's in his name it's his nickname he got seven in there uh he's my best to ever do it at number seven so i guess we uh i think this is the first time we've agreed this is the first unanimous wow cristiano really did i mean i think one of the things that put him over the top for me was that um that statue of him too he's got an (laughs) all-time statue game it's the worst statue i've (laughs) ever seen Uh, that is uh unbelievable but there you have it unanimous decision cristiano ronaldo the best athlete to ever wrap the number seven jersey That'll wrap it up for Jersey Corner. We're going to be right back with some NFL Week 7 talk. We'll break it all down. But first, a word from our friends over at Shugs. All right, Z. Let's play a little game of fact or fiction. Let's do it. Fact or fiction. Shugs has the best bagels, rolls, and wraps south of the Big Apple. Ah, facts. That is correct. One for one. Off to a hot start. Fact or fiction. Shugs recently replaced Wheaties as the true breakfast of champions. <laughs> uh, sounds right to me. Fact. Correct again. He's heating up. Fact or fiction. Shugs has the best bagels in all of Texas. Oh, you already know that's big facts. Yes, that is right again. Three for three. Shugs Bagels is in fact all of those things and more. And they'll be open all week serving up that ooey gooey goodness. Go check them out in Park City's Village near SMU campus and on social media at Shugs Bagels. Shugs Bagels, the bagel that Texas deserves.
Okay, NFL Week 7 is in the books, and man, did we have a fun one today. Um, maybe the most exciting uh, slate of games thus far um, in this young NFL season. What do you think, Z? I'd agree with you right there. I said I would say today was the, the best Sunday slate of games we had so far this season, especially the uh, the noon slate of games, the, the first games of the day. The afternoon ones games, we saw a, a couple blowouts, but I'd say all around, the best Sunday of football we've seen this NFL season, filled with some late game drama, a ton of wild finishes we saw. Right, and even start. I think I think it makes sense to start off with what we just watched here. Yeah, um, the shootout that happened between Arizona and Seattle, a little Kyler Rush short king, who's got <laughs> it. Um, the, the the rivalry that's just beginning and will probably continue to to, to grow over um, both of their careers. But this one was a super fun one. Um, it goes way into OT, and, and Zane Gonzalez rede- redeems himself with a game-winning field goal. Yeah, that, I mean, that unbelievable finish to that game, and uh, a little surprising to see Russell Wilson throw that pick in overtime that, that set up that field goal for Arizona to win it. Arizona finished the game 37-34, like you said, on that game-winning field goal. Um, you know, Russ had some ups and some downs, several picks in the game. I three three picks interceptions for, for, boy. for Russell Wilson, which... A little out of character there. He, uh, you know, had I think three touchdown passes and threw for for nearly 400 yards. So I mean, he had uh, a great game offensively. Besides those few mistakes, but uh, Seattle just couldn't get it done. We saw Arizona march down the field twice at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, both of those possessions resulted in points, and then they're the only team to score in overtime. So. Really great job by Arizona to get that win. That was huge for them. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Russ was was cooking for sure. Him, he found Lockett what like thirteen times, mm. um, but he was making a mess in the kitchen as well. Three picks today for for your MVP front runner so far. Um, Isaiah Simmons coming up with the big pick, the Rook. Yeah. Uh, there in OT making KC a big play boy. for his team. KC boy, shout out uh, Olathe North. Um, that was a, a all around uh, great performance, great game there. What else? What else did you see? What else was? So, I mean, we obviously a couple other. Real, you know, some other late game drama, a ton of wild finishes. Like I said, we saw that Carolina New Orleans game that was close late. Panthers just couldn't quite complete that comeback, but we saw that comeback get, uh, get completed in a couple other games. We saw the Bengals score a go ahead touchdown with just over a minute left. Um, and then Baker Mayfield responds. He's able to drive down the field um, and, and toss that game winning tutty to Andre Peoples Jones to complete the comeback for the Browns. Um, that was a huge win for them, I thought. Yeah, man, it's it's so tough because Burrow, the king, the the guy Joey Burrow continues to put on great performances. Um, however, does not have a lot of help with that team um, and supporting cast. And unfortunately, the Bengals go down again uh, yeah. to the Browns. But that was a shootout, a great one. Um, it was. Burrow throws for four oh six and three TDs, um, which would make him the first rookie ever to throw for four hundred yards and three scores in a single game. So man, he's on he's on pace for that rookie of the year and. He looks good. <laughs> he does. And li- listen to this stat from that game. So, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, uh, that Bengals-Browns game was the first game in NFL history with five go-ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, uh, which is an incredible stat. And then an- another one is that Baker Mayfield became just the second passer in NFL history to throw three go-ahead touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. So, two incredible stats from that game. I mean, like we said, crazy finishes today. Um, you know, on the topic of crazy finishes, uh, two more we saw was that Falcons-Lions game. Uh, the Falcons lost in the most Falcon fashion of all time. Todd Gurley scored a touchdown with a minute and four seconds left. 
but he shouldn't have scored the touchdown, right. you know? This yeah, the uh I'm gonna have to dub the this matchup between the Lions and the Falcons, the Charity Bowl, Charity Bowl 2020. Who wants um, to give it away? Yes, sir. Who wants to give the game away? And the Falcons defended their title as the NFL's most charitable team, uh, despite a strong effort from uh, another team that loves to, to give away winnable games, the, the Detroit Lions. The, uh, the Lions end up pulling this one uh, out 23-20, but man, both these teams uh, were, were hoping to give it away. They're hoping for the loss. As always, both of those teams, like you said, love to give some charity out. Uh, but Stafford able to lead the Lions down the field. Like I said, the, the Falcons went up with a minute left. Stafford was able to take the Lions all the way down the field, found uh, Hawkinson in the end zone right as time expired for the win. So my Lions back to uh, 500, 3-3. Three and three, mm-hmm. where They're uh, still in it for a little playoff push. Watch it, out for the Lions. It, it felt it, it was weird seeing um, Detroit go down and, and win uh, on that last <laughs> second play just because you're so used to seeing the opposite happen to them. But... Um, hey, the Falcons, they prove over and over again to be the most charitable. So uh, f- a fun one in, a, in a, uh, Atlanta today, but uh, Lions get the dub. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of playoff pushes, two teams that are primed for the playoffs right now had a, another late game filled with drama. And probably the big game of the day, um, if it wasn't the Sunday night game, it was this Steelers-Titans game. Came down to that Titans field goal opportunity to take the game to overtime. But uh, Goskowski could not knock it through. Steelers remain undefeated, moving to six and zero, looking like a dominant force in the AFC right now. Yeah, both both of those teams obviously undefeated, so um, very much in the thick of things in the playoff hunt. Both seem like contenders. Um, I, at this point, I still think uh, Steelers get the dub, but I still think both these teams, particularly the Titans, um, can make some noise in the playoffs. They seem to be kind of running away with their division, the South, mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, they're in a good place in the, in the South, and uh, we have a big AFC game, North game next week with uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So um, that's going to have some implications for that the playoff picture in that division. So excited for that one next week, and um, you know I, I think the Steelers are going to keep rolling. They've looked great. Mike Tomlin's been uh, fantastic this year. The, the Steelers' offense has been rolling. That defense is strong. So they're looking really good right now. Yeah, we're able to bottle up Henry a little bit after he's been going off these last two weeks. And so Steelers' defense, they're physical. Who do you – early prediction. I know it's uh, it's next week, but um, I don't know where the game is actually either. But with that aside, Steelers-Ravens, who do you like to win that tilt? I think I'm rolling with the the Steelers. Like I said, they're looking like the dominant force in the AFC right now, and until someone proves that they aren't, I have no reason to pick against them. You know, I think that Baltimore team is obviously stacked, has maybe the best defense in the AFC, um, you know, with with everything they've got. um, You know, just picked up in Gawkway in a trade. Yeah, oh my God. So they keep getting better and better, but um, until someone knocks the Steelers off, I have uh, no reason to pick against them. Yep, yeah, I can... uh... I, I'm gonna actually push back a little bit there. I still think the um, kind of the AFC North runs through Baltimore and, and Lamar, the defending MVP. Of course, the Ravens again. Frustratingly enough, Eric DaCosta swindling the Minnesota Vikings and getting Ngakwe, uh, a pretty elite pass rusher, um, for a mid-round pick, a fifth rounder. And so they they've now acquired Calais Campbell for a fifth rounder and Yannick Ngakwe now for a fifth rounder. So. <laughs> It, Baltimore front office, keep doing what you're doing. They're, they're making the rest of the league look silly. Yeah, and, and speaking of a, a front office that may have uh, made some bad moves with their coaching hires this offseason, did want to bring up the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, it's looking rough in Dallas. Um, didn't even really compete today in that game against Washington. 
And I think the Cowboys are uh, in need of some big changes to the, uh, the coaching staff there. I think Mike Nolan, the uh, Cowboys D coordinator, uh, needs to be fired yesterday. <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's time to go. That defense is, uh, it's been a complete embarrassment right now. And even after, I think, like I said, Mike Nolan needs to be fired. And if things don't get fixed soon, I'd, I'd say Mike McCarthy starts, uh, you know, sitting on the hot seat and may not be back for another season with this team next year. I think the Cowboys are a mess right now. Yeah, definitely some concern um, in Dallas with the reports coming out early this week that some of those players were, were saying McCarthy doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, they're not prepared. And it's shown on the field. I mean, getting blown out last week by the Cardinals in primetime and then uh, absolutely no showing today against Washington. Um, there's really is cause of concern. I, I can't really say that um, it's – all Mike Nolan or McCarthy in coaching just because from a defensive perspective I do think it's a little bit of a personnel issue as well mm-hmm. they have been kind of banged up on the defense uh, on the defensive end and uh, they, they didn't really address it it goes back to the draft with the flashy CD pick when they there's productive useful players they could have drafted um, that could have helped them out on defense and it's really hurting them now so it's classic Jerry Jones running the show um, Maybe not always getting the results you want, uh, but Cowboys definitely some cause for concern there. But thank God their uh, their division's pretty shit. Yeah, and I'd say uh, also cause for concern in New England as well. Uh, the Patriots got trounced by the Niners today. Um, things got so bad offensively that the the Patriots ended up replacing Cam Newton for Jared Stidham after Cam threw his third interception of the game. Definitely not what you want to see from that New England team. Um, you know, Barton now the uh, the Patriots are two and four. What do you think the chances are that they don't even finish top two in the AFC East this year? It's starting to look like a real possibility. Uh, we know the Bills can win games and likely will win games. They seem like mm-hmm. the, the, fa- the pretty the heavy favorite there in the East at this point. Um, and then the Dolphins have looked scrappy and frisky, and now that they're going to Tua, um, actually could, could definitely, I think that from a roster standpoint, have a little bit more to offer than the Patriots right now. The Patriots look pretty lost. Um, Cam look, it has looked absolutely awful the last couple weeks. Uh, they really have no, in terms of skill position players, you just can't, they have no help for them. I mean, what, Jacoby Stevens and um, Nikhil Harry just won't, they're not going to get it done. Uh, and, and Cam, if, if he's not using his legs, if the, if the Pats can't win ugly, similar to the Eagles, um, you know, they, they really just won't win. And so I, I do think there is cause for concern in New England at this point. I, I think it's a pretty real possibility that they don't finish in, inside the top two, which of course would mean that, you know, very unlikely that they make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree with you 100% there. Um, I'm, I do think the Dolphins are, are in a good spot to finish ahead of New England right now, although I will get it on record, I'm not a fan of the Dolphins making the decision to move towards Tua to come in and be their starter there. Um, really liked what I was seeing out of Fitzmagic. It was pretty clear that he had control of that offense, uh, was really the, the on-field leader of that team, and, and everything was running through him and running smoothly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm obviously excited to see Tua and see what he's going to be able to bring. Um, and, you know, that's why the Dolphins made this move, is they're ready to see what Tua can bring. But... I still thought Fitzmagic, the way he'd been playing, is the guy for the Dolphins to uh, to really go out there and, and take it and, you know, make a run at the, one of those wild card spots in the AFC. Absolutely. You got a feel for um, Fitzmagic. He, he loved the guy, right? He really felt like he was embracing that Miami, that South Beach vibe. <laughs> exactly. Um, bringing it all to the table there with a lot of energy. Um, so you hate to see it, but he may be a good option for, for a potential trade piece here for the Dolphins as he was looking competent, playing well. And so um, now that they're going to Tua, which I actually think is the right move, I think Tua 
Um, they're three and three. They're competitive. They've shown that. Tua probably gives them the best chance to win, um, just the most upside at least at that point. And so get him into the offense, and um, if, if he can really start to, to get comfortable there, they can be a legit playoff uh, playoff contender. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you know, I'd agree with everything you said, except for that, that Tua should be the starter. But since uh, since Miami did make that decision to go with Tua, um, like you mentioned, Fitzmagic could be on the trade block. Um, I, I see Dallas as a potential landing spot. We just mentioned how in shambles the Cowboys are right now. Um, obviously, Dak Prescott's out for the season. Uh, Andy Dalton got... Uh, he got clapped. Know, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of a... You know, maybe a little bit of a dirty hit, but, uh, you know, he had to leave the game with an injury. They brought in... Uh, Danucci. A, yeah, the, the rookie. Ben Danucci, the James and, uh, the James Madison legend. Yeah, out of James Madison, the rookie. And, you know, that's probably not a guy that you're going to compete in the division for. I don't know enough about him. Maybe he is. Maybe Danucci shows us he's got something up his sleeve. But the Cowboys uh, absolutely should have an eye on Fitzmagic right now. Yeah, the Nooch could be the answer for, for <laughs> Dallas long-term. Only time will tell, but um, I like his chances, the Nooch. Yeah. Point of Drew supports the Nooch, so if, he's, if, if, he, uh, if he can win that starting job, um, the, we'll hate the Cowboys a little bit less, I guess. Um, but, yeah, tough, tough to see Andy Dalton go out there. Could have been, been a little bit of a dirty play. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll monitor that situation, but I, I think Fitzmagic would be, a, would be a fun landing spot for him there. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, you know, on the topic of, of rookie quarterbacks with Danucci, you know, really looks like we're having a uh, kind of a, a showdown for rookie offensive uh, uh, rookie of the year between Burrow and Herbert. Um, you know, what are you seeing right there? What do you like? Who's uh, who's in the lead? You mentioned it's Burrow. I, I got to go with my guy Burrow, especially after he throws for, I mean, he sets that record with 400 yards today. But Herbert looked great, right? He had uh, close to 350 in the air with three TDs. As the, I mean, Chargers played the Jags, but still got the dub. Um, that's Herbert's second win now. He's looked confident. He's been surprising, right? Yeah. Um, I think I don't think m- many people were 100% on whether or not he'd be um, being able to kind of get comfortable in the NFL this quickly, but he's been great. And uh, I, I got to go Burrow at this point for, for Roy, for Rookie of the Year. Um, but Herbert's making his case. What about you? Yeah, so, um, you know, I would preface this by saying I was skeptical on Herbert before the season started. I was actually pretty high on Tyrod Taylor. And I uh, thought Tyrod Taylor could actually be a weapon for this Chargers offense. Um, but obviously, weird situation, weird series of events took place with, the, with Tyrod Taylor. And Justin Herbert has stepped in phenomenally uh, and has looked great. He, he actually became the second quarterback ever to throw for 250-plus yards in each of his first five games. Only other quarterback to do that, Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, Herbert has really done some incredible things. But He's been balling. Yeah, but, but you know, Burrow has shown he's got all the talent in the world, can really be a great player, and I have full faith that Burrow will be. Uh, with that said, I think Herbert may be in a better position with a better coach and a better team around him right now that, you know, Herbert in the long run could be, um, you know, you know have a, a great career. Uh, obviously, a lot of time, I don't know if I'm ready to, to fully make the claim that, that Herbert's going to be better than Burrow, um, but he has really impressed. I think the future is bright for him. Yeah, I think it's... This draft will will be a memorable year with Burrow, Herbert, and and what I expect from Tua. Um, all those guys will kind of and be remembered together. Danucci. And of course, <laughs> uh, you got Danucci, the Nooch. Um, that's a, a headliner for sure. But uh, yeah, I think this class will 
could potentially make history. You know, they're going to be remembered with some some real big time players. Um, the the one one other thing I wanted to cover that happened this weekend um, it, for the, actually the first time in in 2020, your New York Jets cover <laughs> the spread. They don't get the dub, but they do cover the spread. They they uh, the spread was 10 point line at close. Um, and they only lose by eight at home to the Bills today. So congrats, New York. Not not necessarily a win yet. Um, not that I don't even think you guys are trying to win. But hey, congrats to you covering the spread. Good stuff. Uh, bug out and uh, and Darnold. Definitely, the Jets should really be celebrating this one. This yeah, might pop be the champagne. This might be the biggest uh, biggest game of the year for you guys. Congrats to the Jets for only losing by eight. Um, the Jets even had a ten point lead at one time in this yeah. game. They started up ten nothing. Um, so. It's a lot of momentum for the Jets right yeah, now. Yeah, everyone should get a long rest day off on uh, on Monday or Tuesday and just take it easy. <laughs> Especially they, as they're uh, they're going into Kansas City next weekend. Uh, the, the early line is twenty one point five uh, point underdogs to the Chiefs. Maybe they'll cover that one oh too. Oh my God, that's a that's a scary matchup for for Gase and and, and the reeling Jets. But um, I, I'm not sure they can they can. We'll see. Maybe cover two weeks in a row. Twenty one and a half. Wow. Yeah. It's a, we'll see how that one goes, but, um, you know, tomorrow night, Monday night football, we've got Rams, um, versus bears. What do you like there? Any predictions, any feel for that one? Yeah, I think both teams have kind of been up and down a little bit. Um, Chicago is five and one. However, I don't think that record, uh, is, is really representative of the team they are. Uh, and so I like the, I like the Rams to get on the board here and win this one. Um, I think they can just do more offensively with uh, with Goff and what he can bring to the table with um, with all those receivers and Cup and Woods and so I think McVay comes to comes to the um, you know he he you know he loves Monday night you know he loves the spotlight might pop the top I don't know <laughs> um, he loves the cameras man but I think I think uh, McVay comes to the table with a good game plan um, Goff gets going and and the Rams uh, send the Bears back to earth a little bit. Yeah, this is a, it'll be a good barometer for the Bears. I'm still having trouble getting a real feel for how good that team is, um, but we know who the Rams are. They're they're solid, and you know the Rams are 14 and four at home since 2018. Um, they're good at home, and that's going to be a, a good game, I think. But I am rolling with the Rams in that one as well. Right on. Well, yeah, week seven. It's it's crazy. We're already we're already seven weeks in. Um, it's flying by, but great. Maybe the, probably the best week yet. It was a hell of a hell of a day of football. Awesome, awesome, awesome slate of games today. Like we said, best single day of football of the year. That's gonna wrap it for week seven. We'll be right back with a World Series update. said we are back with a world series update game five just wrapped up the dodgers held on to win this one 4-2 and take a 3-2 lead in the series um now the Rays have their back against the wall winner go home on tuesday night for the Rays. but what'd you see tonight what uh what gave the dodgers the edge Man, the performance out of their bullpen um, was mm-hmm. special tonight. Um, Dustin May coming in and, and giving them some solid innings there. And then uh, Blake training uh, towards the end as well, um, closing them out in, in the ninth inning. And uh, this team, 
they, they've just got so much depth, right? They, they they have so many guys who can get big hits in big spots. We saw um, a solo home run out of, out of Muncie today. Um, Mookie doing his things, leading off the game with a double. So that they, they, we we know they have so many guys that can um, get hit big hits in big spots. They're experienced. They've been here before. Um, yeah, they. Crazy games this weekend, starting off with, with Saturday, really. Game four, um, a Rosarina scoring on that wild throw home, and it was crazy. Um, the rally time race, maybe Dickie V had to be going nuts. <laughs> Randy Baby scores on the pass ball. I mean, I'm sure he was uh, he was loving that one. I, I wish uh, he posted a reaction vid or something like that. Yeah, I would have loved to see that one, because uh, that, that was one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen to a World Series game. Um, you know, they won that one on Saturday night. I thought the race had some momentum coming into tonight. Had Glass now back on the mound. Um, you know, Kershaw, you never know what you're going to get with Kershaw in the playoffs. He had a, a fantastic game one. So was a little nervous uh, about Kershaw coming into tonight. Um, and like you said, the, the bullpen for the Dodgers was awesome. And uh, the Dodgers did get their big, timely hits, and that's what the Rays couldn't do. The Rays, you know, left a lot of, of uh, people stranded on the bases tonight. Just could never get the hits they needed with running runners in scoring position. Um, those timely hits just didn't happen for them, and, and that's what really made the difference tonight. Yeah, and I thought a big reason um, that they weren't able to get those timely hits was because they they had a big player out of the lineup today who, who's been able to help them. We always talk about, hey, the Dodgers, they're so deep. They have so many guys who can do it between uh, Mookie and Seager and Turner and Bellinger. There's so many options. And, yes, the Dodgers have a little bit more depth, but I think it's unquestioned that the Rays probably have the best player in this series. And um, he was not in the lineup tonight, G-Man Choi. Um, he really gives them a real shot with his ability at the plate. Yeah, I mean, that's our boy, the, the first ever uh, athlete that point of drew endorses 100% G-Man Choi. Not in the lineup. Uh, interesting decision. Uh, you know, he does struggle against lefty pitchers sometimes, but he's a bad I think you need to keep in the lineup. Um, we, we saw him come in to pinch hit, but right before he got to the plate, Dave Roberts, uh, the, the Dodgers manager, decided to pull some chess moves, saw that Choi was going to come to pinch hit, decided to make a pitching change for another left-handed pitcher, um, and, and the Rays responded by pulling... Uh, Choi back out and uh, choosing a different batter to come to the plate. Um, you know, a lot of interesting decisions, but would have loved to see Choi, uh, you know, see a few pitches tonight because, you know, the race, like we said, had opportunities and, and left a lot of men stranded. Yeah, I think you can really give Dave Roberts the game ball here for uh, for making that move and um, making sure, hey, uh, if, if i got Choi coming up to the plate, I'm going to need the right arm here because this guy will go yabo on just about anyone. <laughs> um, and so uh, good move from Dave Roberts and, and uh, one that's going to matter a lot is, as the Dodgers go up here 3-2 um, with the final game coming on on Tuesday. Rays are back against the wall. I don't I don't have an early, uh, you know, expected on who's going to throw, but I would imagine the, the, the Rays would have their, their best arm, Blake's. Snell on the mound. Yeah, I think Snell should be slated to go on Tuesday. Um, so, like we've mentioned, Dodgers are up now three to two um, in the series. You predicted Rays in seven before the series began. Um, you still sticking with that? You think the Rays are, are going to be able to fight back and, and make this competitive and, and maybe still pull it out? Oh man, you got to stand by it. You yeah. got to stand by the call. I'm not going to back down. Uh, yeah, the, the Rays are going to have to pull two. 
um, pull the next, win, win the next two, and um, it, it, backs against the wall could be tough, but I'm still sticking with it. Uh, Dickie V believes I believe in this team. Um, I, I really think if they're gonna, if they're going to do it though, they need our man G Man in the lineup, um, just because what he can provide from an offensive standpoint. <laughs> and um, we all saw the, the the stretch he put on at first on uh, on Saturday night. Defensively, he's just uh, an absolute stud. And so <laughs> talk about an athlete. Yeah, the guy uh, the guy really brings it all to the table. So if the dog, if, if this prediction in seven, uh, the, the Rays winning and seven is going to come true. We need G-Man in the lineup. But uh, you actually, your prediction still in play. It's looking pretty strong here. I think if I can recall correctly, you had the Dodgers in six. Yeah, I picked the Dodgers in six. And, uh, you know, like you said, I can't back down from my prediction either. I'm holding strong to it. I think the Dodgers do wrap up the World Series on Tuesday night. Uh, I think they get it done in six and uh, win their first ever championship since 1988. I think the Dodgers get it done. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see. Come Tuesday, who's uh Whose prediction comes true? I have the Rays in seven. You have the Dodgers in six. Uh, should be a fun one on Tuesday night. Definitely. That'll do it for our World Series update, but you guys are not going to want to miss the uh, the interview we have up next. The boy Zeller hopping on the pod to break down one of the hottest topics in the world right now. Yeah, it's a great interview, um, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. everyone monumental moment in point of drew history we have our first ever guest joining the show today um on the other end we have the man the myth the legend zeller what's up g how you doing man i'm doing well glad to be on guys uh really looking forward to this yeah we're pumped we knew we had to get you on the podcast because we had a big topic we needed some help with we got to break down one of the hottest topics going on down in the music world as well as the world of fine dining. That's right. <laughs> we're talking about the McDonald's meal collab with Travis Scott and Jay Balvin. Yeah, Zoe, let's dive into it. Um, go ahead and start with your review of the Travis meal. Uh, tell us about the meal and just, you know, general thoughts on it. And, of course, with the score. Um, looking forward to hearing about Jay and, uh, and Travis here. All right, well, the Travis Scott meal, uh, I kind of felt like a little bit of a tool going in. I go in, I say, yo, Cactus Jack sent me. As a 25-year-old white guy (laughs) who, like, working nine to five, it kind of really – it throws you off. I'm definitely not the clientele, like, ordering this meal. But nonetheless, I got it. And they they hooked it up. I mean, $6 for – you get a quarter pounder. Cheese, bacon, lettuce, Sprite, medium Sprite, and then Ooh. ketchup with barbecue sauce. Okay. And for only six bucks, I mean, not that big of a fan of the quarter pounders. A little too, I don't, a little too much burger for me from McDonald's. You know, if I go to McDonald's, I don't want to eat like just a full thing of meat. That's not what I'm going there <laughs> for. So, I mean, it was, I mean, the value and everything with that meal was pretty good. So I'm going to say that one was about a 8.1, honestly, really good. I mean, barbecue sauce with the fries and with the Sprite, that's pretty damn good. That is, that's a good meal right there. 8.1 is a pretty good score. (laughs) That's (laughs) epic review. I got, I got to ask going, going back to the beginning. 
um, Cactus Jack sent you. I hear that's what the kids are saying. Uh, how'd, th- how'd that go? <laughs> how'd they react when you, when you hit them with that? I mean, I go in and the line was super long already. I mean, I had to wait like 10, 15 minutes to even go up to the order. Like, and this was like the second day it came out. And I was locked and loaded, ready to say Cactus Jack sent me. I had like prepared it, set it in the mirror, ready to go. And I said it, they're like, okay, anything else? And, like, they were super serious, ready to go. Like, and they knew what that meant. So, I mean, I'll give it to McDonald's hey, for that. They were professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they say. Were you rocking an Astro World hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I unfortunately left that one in my closet. But, you know, next time. Yeah, next was, time. Were, sure. were other people in the restaurant also saying that Cactus Jack said <laughs> well i'm gonna tell you this the car in front of me and the car behind me were all kids who were probably 16 and under all just packed so i'm gonna say cactus jack sent them so (laughs) there we go that's some good praise for the travis scott meal 8.1 rating tell us about the jay balvin meal how'd that one stack up i mean First of all, I had no idea who Jay Balvin was. I still really have no idea who he is. But Zond, your brother said, oh, the Jay Balvin meal is fire. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to McDonald's. I'm going to get it. Go there for lunch. And they're advertising the shit out of this. They got it everywhere on the windows. They have it like on the facade, whatever it's called. Like we're underneath the arches, like Jay Balvin meal, get it here. (laughs) <laughs> it's all over the menu. I go in. I'm like, can I get the J Balvin meal? She goes, excuse me, sir. I'm like the J Balvin meal. I said it like five times. And this chick's like, J who we, I, I'm sorry, sir. I have no idea who that is. Is this a joke? Are you messing with me? He's like, did Cactus Jackson you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was not Cactus Jack, but I, I mean, it was just a whole mess. I mean, ten dollars for the meal and they messed it up too even after i was like so i had to order the whole thing individually like i was like i'll just get the make the the big mac the mcflurry and the fries and they're like okay that's twelve dollars i'm like that is the biggest rip (laughs) of all time for freaking j balvin like who the hell is that anyway and you're gonna call and charge me two times the price of cactus jack like Man, so Jay Jay Balvin really hits you hits you on the wallet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> What's the official? He does not rating? get the respect. I'm gonna give that one a four point one. Not not good. I wow. mean, the Big Mac was fine, but just the entire experience just not approved. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. All right, so I I got a question. You've got a you know Travis Scott eight point one rating. Alvin with the 4.1 rating. And uh, so I'll start this off by saying Barton is a, a faithful s- subscriber to the uh, Jackson Mahomes only fans. <laughs> and he's also a big fan of, uh, of Jackson's TikTok game. And uh, recently said Barton wants to see the, the Jackson times Ronald McDonald collab. But if, please give it to us, Jack. But if if you uh, if you could get any celebrity to team up with McDonald's for a meal, who do you want next? What celebrity are you pairing up? That's a good question. I got I got a couple. I think some good ones. 
Uh, so the first one is the Meek Mill meal. And so I've thought about this for a while. You just get like a large drink and it's just filled with shotgun shells that he's like used on people. That's what he went to jail with. And then you get like a gram of weed wrapped in a receipt. And that's the Meek Mill meal. And then also I like that I had a, that was that was a pretty good one, I thought. And then I thought this would be a good one too. Like this is actually one of Zahn's friends one of his personal friends the selena gomez meal oh yeah you know i thought they could do the selena gomez and point of drew collab you know get that going yeah i'm glad you brought that up i might give her a call sometime this week (laughs) yeah i I know i haven't heard back in a while she's been trying to get in touch but i might uh (laughs) might be out of it All right, well, we got that one. Well, Zeller, I understand both of these meals include fries, and I just wanted to know, are you someone who goes for a few fries on the drive home? You find your hand in the bag. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm definitely a big fry guy. You know, I'm a big fry on the way home guy. So I don't, if that means something to you guys, then, yeah, so I you, am. You would, just to clear the air, you would consider yourself a fry guy. <laughs> A hundred percent. I'm coming out as a fry guy. My man, my man. <laughs> Speaking of uh, guys, if you become the next Guy Fieri, become a big food reviewer, um, let's say you yourself get to put together a McDonald's meal. What are you putting in the meal? You, the That's a good Rippin question. Zeller times McDonald's collab. What's the meal? So I'm not the most frequent at McDonald's, but like when I used to go, I would get the same shit every time. I'd get McChicken, McDouble, medium fries, and then a medium drink every time. Keep it cheap, keep it easy. Or on special occasion, this is just throwing it out there, filet fish extra mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The Zeller meal, filet fish extra mayo. That's a, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just for the people who like to broaden their palates, you know, get a little bit of fish on the menu. That's good. I like that answer. Uh, we we got to fast track that one with McDonald's. But <laughs> yeah. I wanted to cover with you, Zoe, is there's been rumors swirling since Jay Balvin and Travis got these collabs done with McDonald's that – uh, Justin Bieber, Biebs, is a little frustrated um, that he hasn't <laughs> yeah. been offered a collab deal. Um, and, you know, kind of just what's been circulating, the, the possible reasons why he hasn't been extended an offer. Um, you know, one, because he's Canadian. Uh, I don't know how much that plays into it. But the other one is because he's a little bit too body conscious. And so out of, out of you know, those two <laughs> reasons, what do you think is more likely for him not being offered a collab at this point? <laughs> I mean, I would say that being Canadian definitely has something to do with it. I hear the Canadian McDonald's markets are struggling mightily right now. But it's going to be body conscious right now, you know. Has to be. If you have, from my personal opinion. So. Yeah, I would agree. I, uh, I think that's the right answer. I mean, both, both probably likely contributors to uh, <laughs> the lack of an offer here. But maybe you'll Jay get one Balvin, down the line. Yeah. The Colombian McDonald's markets for Jay Balvin, they're just exploding. So they had to 
they're trying to expand down there. Canada, though, not doing so well. Yeah. Well, I guess McDonald's clearly has a favorite JB, and it's not it's not Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you got the uh, the Travis Scott meal, eight point one rating. That was Zeller here on Point of Drew podcast, first ever Point of Drew guest breaking down. Yes, sir. The, the McDonald's meal, Zeller. Any last words to plug? Anything to to get out to uh, to uh, the listeners? Uh, nothing to plug. Just keep doing what you guys are doing. Loving listening to you guys right now. Let's go, yes, man. Sir. We appreciate it. Glad to have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, say hello to Cactus Jack for us, all right? <laughs> Will do. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. All right, bro. All right. Episode seven. Uh, that's a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoy the pod, Please share with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and help us continue to grow the Point of Drew faithful. You guys know the drill. Give us a shout on social media at Point of Drew Podcast. Go visit our friends at Shug's Bagels. When you go to Shug's, let them know that Cactus Jack sent you. <laughs> Not really, but in all seriousness, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for Zeller for hopping on. And, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Absolutely. So you guys know the drill. Like, rate, review. And above all, subscribe. We'll see you next week.